They're loading into the barriers. Moods, Mytho, Rog, and the Rain Man. And they're underway for Moody on the Mic. Welcome to Moody on the Mic, the first Wednesday in November. I'm Roger Aldridge. Joining me as they always do, Peter Moody, Anthony Mithen, and the resident Rain Man, Tom Hackett. Now, of course, some people look at Cup Day differently. And for that reason, he did it. He fucking did it. Peter Moody trained the winner of the Maribyrn on plate. Yes. Yeah. Well done, Petey. Trained the winner for our good friend Anthony. What a what a great thrill. What a great thrill. Uh, I traded that in for any other joy I was prepared to have on the day. <laughs> just to get the job done for Anthony. I was prepared to forgo any other success. As long as I trained a winner for Rosemont Stud. They, they've always said you're an absolute team man, Moods, and you, you're dead set proved it. But also, I mean, we are going to get to our cup talk, obviously, but it was it's the unofficial fifth member of Moody on the Mic who did ride the cup winner. I mean, we've got to, you know, give it up for our old mate, J-Mac. So technically, we had a win here on Moody on the Mic. Yes, we'll claim any part of it we can. <laughs> and, what, and what a ride it was to... Uh, James McDonald from his awkward alley. Uh, what a champion Mayor Very Elegant is. Uh, I'm kicking myself that Chris Waller made a, an 11th hour decision to run her. Whether he's always going to run her or not, I haven't had the chance to ask him, but uh, I left it to the 11th hour and uh, cost me victory at Australia's greatest race, you Kiwi bastards. <laughs> <laughs> you must have uh, been proud of your horse's effort, though. I mean, what a, what a campaign he's had. Um, he's run second in the Melbourne Cup. Um, he didn't lose any admirers yesterday, did he? No, no. Listen, he, he was tremendous. He was brave. We, we didn't want to be in the position he was in the run outside the leader. Um, Brett was hoping to sort of pop in fifth, sixth or seventh. He felt he wanted... He, he said it's imperative that we have one inside us and one in front of us because he said that headwind is an absolute killer. And, uh, you know, he just didn't find that spot. Uh, and we're probably he was probably in a situation where he would have been better off if, if McAvoy had a, gone round him on Grand Promenade, sort of going down the side instead of sitting three deep and giving him that cover. But he was probably mindful of that and was trying to get protection off us to, to some degree. But at when the you... end of the day, the best horse in the race, the best performed horse in the race, uh, not sour grapes at all, but certainly the best weighted horse in the race for a nine-time Group 1 winner, uh, was just too strong, too dominant. And I haven't seen or witnessed, but just heard uh, tidbits today saying it was one of the highest-rating Melbourne Cups for the last 20 or 30 years uh, on with the facts and figures men. So it was, uh, it was an extraordinary performance, and our bloke just wasn't up to the task of beating it. Yeah, absolutely right, Moods. Uh, the uh, Time Form, Adam Blanco from Time Form released a figures yesterday, and it's the highest-rated uh, Melbourne Cup since uh, Maccabi Divas' third win. So uh, right up there with the uh, the highest-rated races we've seen. And I think that that's a fair assessment because we did see the first four did put a serious gap on, on the rest of the field, and we saw very elegant uh, win by four lengths, and we know how high-rated a horse incentivised is off that Caulfield Cup win. Spanish Mission's a high-rated European star. So uh, it, was a, it was a Melbourne Cup with a long tail. There's no denying that. But I think the class horses uh, really uh, stood up in the race. And I think it's a Melbourne Cup we're going to look back on very fondly because I think you had probably, arguably, the best jockey of the generation winning his first Melbourne Cup for 
I don't think there's probably an argument anymore, the best trainer of the generation in Chris Waller to win his first Melbourne Cup. So on a, on a champion there. So I think it's going to be a race we look back on uh, very, very fondly. And uh, I, I obviously we were all cheering for incentivize. I didn't have a single penny on very elegant, but it was still a result you felt happy with as a racing person. I think it was a, a result that was good for racing. And most importantly, um, all 23 horses finished the race as well. Well, well, I know my team around me were very bitterly disappointed in defeat, uh, as to be expected. But to a person, they said, if we got beat by one, it was her because she was far and away the best horse in the race. If we had got beaten by a 100-to-1 horse that had won a, you know, a, a minor country cup and snuck in at the bottom of the weights, that a few of them did, you would have walked away and said, listen, this was dead set the worst Melbourne Cup we've ever seen. But the way it's rated, the way it's been run, and like you said, she put four lengths on incentivise, uh, and then there's a third, fourth, and then I think it was nearly six or eight lengths back to yeah. f- fifth or sixth. And, and um, you know, like 20 lengths to Twilight Payment, I think he ran 10th or 11th last year's winner. It was quite remarkable that the margin, uh, the, the, the way she dashed and sprinted and put them to the swords ever so quickly and, and had the hide to sort of ease up on it the last little bit. It was a phenomenal <laughs> performance. Mitha, you said in the, um, in the lead-up, I think I, I read it, I, it wasn't even an article I wrote, that um, it, because of the lack of internationals, it, it made the public, I, I suppose, warm to the cup a little bit more than maybe they have of late. Incentivise was a big part of that. But then if, obviously, like Raymond said, we wanted him to win. But the fact, very elegant one, she's a mare that even non-racing people will know the name. Uh, and so I think it, it gives Australians more a sense of ownership of, of that mare and, and this race in particular, as opposed to when you see a Twilight payment just duck in, win it at first start, cross counter and the like. Yeah, no doubt about that. I, I think everyone um, was was wrapped that it was, well, we can call it local, can't we? I think the Kiwis are uh, spooking a little we today. We claim crowded uh, house, so we might as well. <laughs> Chris Chris Waller, J-Mac and the horse, uh, all, all, um, all Kiwi bred. But um, no, I think I think from an Austra- Australasian point of view, it was really important that um, uh, there, was a, there was a winner like that this year with those internationals, you know, only, only coming... Um, you know, not coming out in numbers. So um, I, I love this year's Cup. I love the build-up. And I haven't been as as engaged with the Melbourne Cup in, in probably the last 10 years. You know, it's still a, a great race and, and you revere it and you love it. But uh, there is that sense that these, these parachute-in horses dominate the race. Um, I like my international racing, so I'm probably more in tune with it than others. But um, it was a great year to have people engage with the story of incentivised, the story of Very Elegant, the story of Charlie Rose, um, you know, some emerging Australian staying talent. So um, I just hope that they're all there next year. Moods, what you, you take yourself off uh, mute and you can tell us uh, how your horse uh, pulled up because there, there's talk swirling around on Wednesday afternoon that um, he's a little bit rough this morning, but um, um, no, nothing uh, nothing hopefully major. Ah, well, I, I, just just... Going back one step, I, I think the other encouraging thing out of the race was we saw the form with Spanish Mission running third. Uh, that European form carried through the Stradivarius form, and we know he's been six pound or seven pound down on his form over there. But we saw that European form to the fore. So I don't think you can knock the first and second horses in any way, shape, or form against any of the European invaders that may have come. Um, had they passed or, or chose to go through those veterinary uh, procedures that were put in place. Uh, 
congratulations to Andrew Balding and his team and Joseph O'Brien and, and their team uh, that came out here and and, uh, and had a crack. Uh, incentivised, yeah, listen, he did pull up. He, he left everything out there. Like it took Brett Preble an eternity to bring him back to the yard. He said post-race, he said he was just totally buggered. He said he left everything on the track. He just let him walk all the way back. Uh, and uh, listen, when he cooled down, he had a little bit of uh, heat and uh, filling in his forelegs. Um, post-race, we took him home and iced him down and the vet went over him. And we did the usual thing. We give them anti-inflammatories and sort of painkillers to sort of take away the aches and pains. And then you give it sort of, you know, 48 hours for that to wear off and then you have a good assessment of the horse. And, and before he goes to the paddock, we'll do precautionary x-rays of knees and fetlocks and uh, if the vet wants to scan anything, whether it be a tendon or a suspensory or, or a ligament of some kind, he'll do all that and just check everything's, uh, you know, honky-dory before he goes off because he is a horse that is, uh, you know, he's not the best put-together horse in front, even though he's been remarkably sound. But we'll just check everything out before he goes. And uh, he was bright and alert this morning, but knowing that he'd, he'd woken up, uh, you know, with, with a fair bit of anti-inflammatory in his system, which is just natural after a, such a trying effort uh you know so that you always every morning throughout the, the preparation you go in run your hands down their legs after they've had a gallop after they've had a trot and a canter after they've been in the sand roll having a bucket of play off please don't strike yourself hit yourself and those good horses leave everything out there and uh you know you, you just hold your breath each and every time so uh, listen i'm confident he's okay um and, and the next couple of days will uh, just let us know that and uh, Look forward to probably having him here within uh, eyesight of where I'm sitting now in the next sort of 48, 72 hours having a stroll around on the green grass. I know he's only 24 hours off the back of our Melbourne Cup campaign moods, but even before the race, I was starting to look ahead about what the future holds for Incentivise. Have you had had a think about where the future does lie? Does he have a, a long stint in the spell, uh, paddock and maybe miss the autumn because he has had such a, a long and uh, a tough campaign? Well, the best thing to do, Rain Man, is you put them in the paddock and, and in time they'll let you know when he starts to feel well and the ears are prick and he, he's having a buck and a play. And, you know, the difference between one that puts in and one that doesn't, I ran Shepherd in the second race yesterday, the 2,800-metre race. Now, Glenn Boss eased up on him at the 300 because he was beat. Well, I had to lead him down my driveway today. It's about 200 metres long and across the paddock. He was bucking the full length of the lead with all four feet off the ground and he hadn't stopped cantering around his paddock winning with his tail in the air because he didn't leave anything out there. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't apply himself. <laughs> and Centivisers are still down at Packetham <laughs> with his, uh, you know, lifted his head up and down off the ground, uh, really feeling what happened. And, and it's like all sports feet. Footballers, you know, cricketers, the champions go and sit in an ice bath because they've left everything there. The other lads are off to the pub having a schooner while the other bloke hasn't even got out of the shower, you know, and, and it's no different in horse racing. I usually just had to be in the shower because I, I left it all out there. I never put it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I um, just, we should have known the signs were there were very elegant from, um, from Sunday night. J-Mac was doing an interview with, I think it was Channel 7, and he got shit on by a bird. Um, so if anyone <laughs> tells you that um, yeah, that's not good luck, they're lying. Uh, but you'll be happy to know, Rico, he did the interview that where he got shit on in his Rosemont cap, and that didn't get shit on, which probably explains why Promise to Success was scratched the race after the cup. I thought it was because J-Mac was just wanted to enjoy the celebrations for an extra 45 minutes. But um, 
bit of misfortune down in the um the pre bravery. Yeah, it was uh, it was unfortunate. She resented having uh, having the blood sample taken. Um, you know, needle jab with a needle half an hour before the race uh, not always ideal. But uh, she she played around a bit and stood on her plate and um, shifted a plate and then stood back down on the on the on the same shoe with the nail hanging out and and uh, pricked her so, the sole of her foot. So um, it was very unfortunate. I, I had um, I had John O'Shea ring me after the cup say, "Well, we're off here." I mean, have a look at him. He's he's a, he's a, our, our man's in a in a bloody flood of tears. Um, he's just won the Melbourne Cup and and fulfilled a, a boyhood dream. How's he going to get it all together in half an hour's time and uh, ride promise of success uh, to victory? And then ten minutes later, he rang again, absolutely squ- swearing and cursing and carrying on like a pork chop. Poor Johnny, because uh, the horse had to be scratched. So uh, you know, maybe maybe uh, wasn't meant to be uh, promise of success's day. But she like uh, incentivised, love a nice breakdown, get ready. For an autumn campaign, so um, yeah, it would have been nice to win the win the two group threes on the day with uh, Brereton and, and uh, Promise of Success. But um, we'll uh, we'll front up again and um, try and win a race on Thursday, and nothing for Saturday. So we can we've done the form and we're ready to go, Rayman, for uh, finish uh, Flemington in a flurry. We we do we don't want to touch too much on Thursday because a lot of people don't la- don't download the podcast in time. We might throw a couple of tips out there, so if you do download early, you get a bit of a bonus. Um, speaking of downloading, Moody on the mic, number eight on the uh, sports podcast Ask Australia yeah. uh, last week. So just a dead set juggernaut here. I think it might have something to do with incentivise. I'm not entirely sure, but certainly if you are on board, no doubt you stick around. Um, we certainly want incentivise to run every week purely for the ratings. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, clearly. <laughs> uh, but uh, did our Lithuanian and Yugoslavian boys come in and have a listen? Yeah, apparently he was backed off the map in Namibia. Um, and so clearly they were, um, yeah, they, they were listening in. But uh, I, I, haven't, I haven't checked the, those charts, but I know certainly Australia and New Zealand, our Kiwi listeners, dead set, they're very happy uh, all over the shop. But uh, <laughs> what a, at, at least something went right for Moody on the mic on the day. Aside from, of course, Brereton winning the first. Spring is in the air. With the Ladbrokes app, putting a bet on is as easy as tap, tap, boom. Get the down low on the download and get the latest version of the Ladbrokes app today. Now faster and easier than ever. Make every race this spring even more exciting and Ladbroke it this spring carnival. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Well, the first of the group ones on Saturday is the Darley Sprint Classic. Now, usually it is a classic race to end the carnival, but this looks like uh, a one-horse race and uh, Rayman, Waller, J-Mac, Nature Strip, Short odds. Is anything a chance? No, well, Nature Strip, a dollar thirty-five, and it might be overs. He uh, is. There's no doubt the class horse in this field. He's the only horse at single figures in the race. Bella Nipatina, who was that close second to Ludbrokes Maticato Stakes, she's ten dollars. Our ranch hand for the Waller Yard is twelve dollars. September run for the Waller Yard is fifteen dollars, and Waller's also got Shakira in at twenty-six dollars. So. I uh, wouldn't shock if we saw uh, a Chris Waller uh, trifecta here, which we've seen him doing uh, many big Group One races uh, over the years. But uh, it's impossible to tip against Nature Strip here. Uh, he's been outstanding this preparation. He lost to Eduardo in the Galaxy, but that, that's not uh, sorry, not in the Galaxy. Uh, second up, but he he was came out and won the Everest. And how good's the form coming out of the Everest been? We've seen Eduardo win 
over 1,300 metres in the Classique Legend last week. Home Affairs, who would finish ninth in the Everest, has come out and bolted in to win by three lengths in the Coolmore Stud Stakes. So there's certainly no knock on the form coming out of the Everest. And we know that Nature Strip is... He's the best sprinter in the country. He's proven that. And uh, against this lot, um, he's got lengths and lengths and lengths on them. So we do know Nature Strip and odds on are not always uh, best friends. But even if he produced 75%, 50% of his best form, he wins this race. So I'm not diving into $1.35, but I can't possibly tip anything to to beat Nature Strip. And I hope he wins to really uh, cap off uh, a huge Melbourne Cup carnival for Chris Waller and Jase McDonald. Yeah, nine runners in the race, four from Chris Wallers, as you said. So really echoes uh, moods of sediment, greedy Kiwi bastard. Uh, Dead's going to come down and take another group one. Uh, I reckon the value there are, I reckon, but go the exacta, Nature Strip, and I like Splintex to run second. But really, there is a feature on Ladbrokes where you can pick the margin where you get better odds. Uh, I think it's available from about nine o'clock on Saturday morning, Rain Man. So you can basically back it up to him to win by about six links and get far better odds. So maybe that's the play here. Just get on there, pick your own odds on the Ladbrokes app and uh, get some value about Nature Strip. We'll also have a market with Nature Strip out of the race. So uh, there'll be a few specials. That market was very popular yesterday. We had uh, a market with a Melbourne Cup field with Incentivise out, uh, which proved to be a very popular market as well. So that'll be available for the Darley Sprint Classic as well. All right, uh, Mitho, Rage Strip, yeah. how many lengths? Just for those uh, who are going to play the uh, pick your odds. Oh, look, I, I think they'll, they'll – I, I don't know that he'll win by a big margin, to be perfectly honest. If we're, if we're playing that game, I, I can't imagine J-Mac really throttling him out to, and, and emptying him out to, to win by a big margin. I think they'll probably try and look after him, to be, to be fair. So I'd be, I'd be just a little careful there and be sort of somewhere between your one and two lengths. Um, uh, that might be the bet. Uh, Quinella with Swats that um, uh, the the daughter of Seamus Award. She can um, she can bob up here. Um, likes the likes the straight. I think Jace McDonald is not a fan a friend of those punters that uh, do like to back his mounts in pick your own odds because we do know that uh, J Mac he likes that when he's winning by a fair bit he likes to have a look around he likes to put the handbrake on so Home Affairs could have probably won by six lengths on Saturday if he'd ridden him out but he was having a look around. He, he almost did a bow uh, with 100 metres to go. Yeah, the hand went over the head in, in, in the Melbourne Cup as well. So, yeah, pick your own odds punters. Be very wary when uh, Jane Max on a short cross favourite, I think. Yeah, well, for mine, Nature Strip wins this. He could wear a set of spider hobbles and still beat them, uh, tying his legs together. Um, I'm nearly going for the roughest of the Waller Quartet for the Quinella here, the eight Shakiro. Of concern is the wet ground because he hasn't performed on soft ground, but this horse went to the line hard-held in the Coolmore the other day, never got a crack at them at any stage. So on that uh, seven-day rebound, uh, off that soft run, could be uh, could be one for the Quinellas at, at big odds. Race eight on the program is the Paramount Plus McKinnon Stakes. I, I, I don't usually say the sponsor, but given I'm doing a bit of work for 10 at the moment, better throw that one in. Uh, the group one over 2,000 metres, and we get to see Zaki again, Rain Man. Um, I'd imagine uh, punters like him here, but you might get a bit of value about him given his last start uh, defeat. Well, he's two dollars forty at the moment, Rog. So he's still a clear favourite, but he's he's not odds on. He's still you're still getting a bit of a price if you do want to back him. It's a great field, really, the McKinnon State, but a lot of horses on the back up from last week. So you've got Colette, 
uh, who won the uh, the Empire Rose. She's $5.50. Moonga comes out of the Ludbrokes Cox Plate, $9. Private Eye on the back up from the Golden Eagle, $9.50. Hungry Heart comes out of the Empire Rose. It's $10. Cascadian was narrowly beaten in the Cantalar at $12 by Superstorm, who's $13. And you've got Dallasan at $34 uh, out of the Cox Plate. And Kira Nautique at $41, who will be looking to uh, embarrass the Mooney Valley Racing Club uh, committee there. Hey, and just quickly, Superstorm, big push by so Moods and yourself, I think. Or was it Mytho? It was certainly two of you gave it a push. Moods and one of the other two gave a push last week on the show. So given I couldn't give a stuff about that race at that point, I remember I actually backed Superstorm on you on the advice from this show and uh, had a nice little collect. Yeah, good results, oh. Superstorm, in the, uh, the cancel last stakes as well. But it's an interesting one here in the McKinnon stakes. Uh, Zaki, obviously a deserving favourite, but... It's sort of the same question marks we had heading into the Ludbrokes Cox Plate. Had that last uh, uh, flop in the, in the, uh, the Might and Power stakes. This isn't as strong as what that Cox Plate was. And uh, so we won't necessarily know whether... Uh, we'll never have that question answered, whether he would have won that Ludbrokes Cox Plate. But I think he goes into this race as a deserving favourite. There's one here at double figures, though, I quite like. And I'm really interested to see Cascadian out to tw- uh, 2,000 metres for the first time. He's done all his racing over... 1,400 and, and a mile. Even when he was in Europe, he never got out to 2,000 metres. So he's always a horse. He's, he's ultra consistent. He doesn't win out a turn, but he very rarely runs a bad race. And I'm really intrigued to see him up to 2,000 metres for the first time. So I thought he had the Cantalar one when he uh, when he popped through on the fence. He looked like he had the race shot, shot to bits, which often does happen a bit with uh, with Cascadian. But I'm just really intrigued to see him at, uh, at, this, at this distance. He always runs well at Flemington. He's never won at the track, but he's... Uh, He's uh, made the placings in all three of his starts at, at, at Flemington. So $12 to win, $3.10 to play. So I think you play at one by four. I think it's, uh, it's a good bet here because I think Cascadian will be in the finish. Plenty of respect for Zaki. Colette's obviously flying as well. And uh, Munga will give us a good test of, uh, of that Ladbrokes Cox plate form. So it's a, a really interesting addition to the McKinnon Stakes. I'm really looking forward to it on Saturday. Yeah, I've got to go with Zaki uh, to win just because I, I still think he is a really, really good horse and this isn't a Cox Plate field. Uh, I think Moonga is the danger, especially if it continues to piss down in Melbourne as we've had today. Um, but uh, Zaki for mine, Mitho. Yeah, I'm uh, on with Colette. I thought she was great on Saturday. And um, as you mentioned, it, it uh, hasn't stopped raining. I'm looking out the window and it's still going here uh, late Thursday afternoon into, uh, sorry, Wednesday afternoon into, into Wednesday evening. So um, definitely uh, sting out of the ground will suit her. Um, and I think, you know, mares in form, keep backing them. And up to the 2,000 metres, she got a good record there, won a couple of times at 2,000 metres, uh, good races too. So um, stick with Colette. Uh, afterthought, is it an afterthought, Zaki? Um, probably is, you know, and you might be kicking yourself taking the shorts about the favourite in the McKinnon when there's good value about a few of the others. So um, maybe look for the value and I'm going with Colette. It's probably an afterthought for every one of these runners, to be quite honest. It sounds ridiculous for a $2 million race, but it's what's left standing that can go around and be competitive. This wasn't Colette's aim. She's the superior wet tracker, but we do know Flemington is the best drying track probably in the world. So unless it actually rains while the races are on, they could still be on a dead four after inches and inches of rain. Um, she, 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 if it ends up a slog, slog fest, you know, she is three for three on the heavy and, and is the one to beat. But if the, the Zaki of the Doom and Cup turns up, he just wins and wins comfortably. If he doesn't, throw a dart at them. And if it's wet, Colette, Colette that's the better, best advice I could give you. 
the golden gift is the feature race of city this weekend. A million dollar gold mm. gift, of course. The, uh, the inaugural winner. The what? Sneaky five. And now, as a fan of pop-up races, when Rosemont have a runner, Rayman, I'm guessing Mitho couldn't give two shits about this one because uh, there's no no white gate pressure going around here. Cool. No, no runner this year. Unfortunately for Mitho, Sneaky Five has been a great ambassador for the Golden Gift uh, going forward, though. And I've I've had a look at all the all the size in this race as well, and uh, there's not even a Rosemont starred representative. So um, could sure not care gift, less. Yeah, Mitho <laughs> completely off the Golden Gift this year, but. I quite like one here. Uh, the top, uh, the topy here, Sajardin for Gary Portelli. It's four dollars eighty. Charlatan's the favourite at four dollars. Uh, OJ for Godolphin's been the early market mover, eleven dollars into eight dollars. But I was pretty impressed with what Sajardin did in the uh, Breeders' Plate uh, on debut. Uh, it won in pretty impressive fashion, and they ran pretty good time in that race as well. So. We've seen throughout basically the history of uh, two-year-old racing in Australia, that breeder's plate form, it all generally, most years, it carries through and produces a golden slipper favourite um, of horses that run in the Blue Diamond and uh, horses that win the Golden Gift. So I'm with Shajardin here at $4.80. I think it's a, a pretty good price. It's one of my best bets of the weekend. Yeah, for me, I am also not a lot of form to go on, but Shajardin's impressive debut winning in that Group 3 uh, Stormy Home. So stepping up to 1,100 should suit. We've got a we've got a 100% strike rate in this race because I remember this episode last year when we didn't know anything about it. And Mitho said, there's a million-dollar race called The Golden Gift and we're going to win it. And he did. Uh, so, well, that's two out, two of us on Shajardin. So if you two jump on as well, we'll hopefully keep up the strike rate. No, I, I've found one here. I, I, um, I'm actually going to have a bet in the race, even though I, I'm, I'm feigning no interest. Um, uh, Nobel, for me, um, was really good at the Valley. Best trainer in the world. Yep, Annabelle Nisham, uh, Tommy Berry. Uh, actually um, spoke to uh, James McDonald about this horse um, and uh, we were playing uh, playing around trying to get him on uh, one of our two-year-olds that uh, raced yesterday, the other runner, uh, the one that moved to beat. Um, and he really liked its run at, at Moody Valley. I went back and had a look at it. Wouldn't go early. Um, will be better for the experience. Had to come up the inside. Um, best work was late. Um, and I feel like well, I said to James, what, what sort of horse was he? And he, he said, he's a beautiful horse and he was, he's going places. So um, I reckon uh, he could ride a broomstick at the moment, James McDonald. He's obviously not riding this because he'll be on Nature Strip at Flemington. But um, I'm going to copy his tip on the two-year-old here and uh, back uh, Nobel at about uh, well, double double figure odds, I reckon, right, man? Yeah, getting $10 at the moment, Mitho. Yeah, beautiful. That'll do. Um, yeah, listen, no idea here. I see the, the seven Mount Brilliant, the Renewed Choice horse of Waterhouse Bots, Timmy Clark in the saddle. Timmy Clark won on OJ uh, at its only start for the Cummings camp. Uh, yeah, maybe throw a dart at them, and something each way, Mount Brilliant. All right, after the break, our best bets for final day of the Melbourne Cup game. Spring is in full boom! It's time to blend it, punters. Ladbrokes' all-new blended bets gives you more winning chances. Back multiple horses from the same race, and if any of your chosen runners finish on top, boom, you win! This spring carnival with a blended bet. Minimum price $1.10 for blended bet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Here we go. 
All right, best bets. Moody on the mic, Roman. As always, kick us off. Give us your best for Saturday. Throw in a bonus for Oaks Day for those who do download the pod early. Yeah, looking forward to Oaks Day. I think it's a, a pretty good card. There's a bit of value to be found. But I think the best bet of the day is in the Century Stakes. Race six, number eight, Malkovich. Chase home, Oxley Road. Uh, uh, first up in the Caulfield Sprint. And uh, on that run, it's got a, a bit of a class edge over the rest of its rivals here. A thousand metres suits. I like the fact it stays at this trip. It's three from four at that trip. The only defeat coming at the hands of Oxley Road. And I don't think there's a horse as good as Oxley Road in this field. So Malkovich, the uh, best bet for me on Oaks Day. On Saturday, I got into the Matriarch Stakes uh, with uh, Nimali, who comes out of the Empire Rose. Wasn't beaten very far at all there by Colette. Uh, it's been racing really well in these mare races, all behind Colette. So it was thereabouts in the Tristar. It's just been racing really well. And I think the step up to 2,000 metres suits. Probably need a little bit of luck in running from Barrier 11 with Rachel King in the saddle. But I just think it's a, a staying mare that's still got a bit of upside. And she's just a, she's a good mare. So at 5.50 in not the strongest edition of the Matriarch on with her. little bonus uh, each way tip as well in race seven, uh, number six, Age of Chivalry, who I think can run really well. He's $14 at the moment, which I think is well and truly over the odds. He was very good first up in the village stakes. 1,400 metres is his pet trip. He'll go forward with D-Lane in the saddle. I think $14 is uh, a great value bet. So Age of Chivalry, race six, sorry, race seven, number six. Well, I am going – well, look, I think Nature Strip in Izaki and getting something a little north of about $3.20 is probably the best play. But uh, I'll give something else uh, for Saturday, and that's our Heidi in the race for the Amanda Elliott. Uh, Roman's just dropped his, uh, dropped his iPad there, if you're wondering what the noise was. Our Heidi hasn't won a race yet, but, uh, gee, she's been unlucky in her two-career runs. She just missed it 1,000. And 1,200 finishing second. She was beaten three-quarters of length on debut, short half head, second start. The last start she been on New York Baby, uh, who was my best bet that day. Look, I think she'll appreciate fourteen hundred. She's out of that five bucks. Money back to the play. So on each way play race four number six. Our Heidi on Saturday. Melkovich was also my best for Oaks Day, but I'll uh, I'll throw out another one, and that's in the race prior. Race five number sixteen. Espiono, Espiona, Walla, McDonald, even money. Brain them on debut. This is the second start. Uh, I think she will win comfortably. Mitho. No Rosemont runners on Saturday. And would you believe I decided that my best bet uh, out of all runners anywhere could have picked any race, any horse all over the country for my best bet. And I settled with our Heidi. <laughs> so I'm coming with you there. Uh, yeah, outstanding. Um, the only worry is the barrier. But um, yeah, if uh, if Brett Preble can navigate uh, from barrier 14 and, and get a bit of cover, um, I'm with you. Just thought she she looked like she'll eat up the 1400. There was lots of money for her at Mooney Valley um, going into that race um, where she ran second. And um, I reckon it'll be a good form race. So um, our Heidi, my best on Saturday. Uh, we do have a Rosemont Ruffy for you, though, on Thursday for those uh, listening to the podcast before the sports uh, on Oaks Day. Um, and I'm, I'm warming more and more. Uh, the more the rain the falls, the more confident I get. About a 40 to 1 pop uh, in the last race on Oaks Day. So blast out in style and line your pockets with Butter Blonde. 
she ran on this day, ran third in the Ottawa Stakes this day at just her second race start um, this time last year. And um, she, uh, before that, had won on a heavy track at Bendigo. So she does like to get the toe into the into the ground. It was soft that day in the Ottawa Stakes where she ran third uh, with a peak performance. And she won at the Warnable Carnival where it's always a soft track and, and testing conditions. So um, if she gets conditions to suit at 40 to 1, it's silly odds. And I hope you're listening. And I hope she saluted and won the Red Roses in the last on Oaks Day. So uh, a Rosemont Ruffy into Roger and my best bet, our Heidi. All right, now the wonders of modern technology mean that uh, the great Peter Moody, just for the storm, has actually dropped offline at the moment, but he's just texting through his best bet. Uh, it's going to mean that you've got to give the outro. Oh, no. Uh, so get ready, get ready. But uh, look, his best bet on Saturday, race one, number five, Hosier. So race one, number five, Hosier, uh, six starts, four wins, one second, coming in off a nice little picket fence, $2.70 currently with Ladbrokes. Race one at number five, Hosier. Moods actually on Saturday in uh, does have Smiter in race four. So race four, number 11, Smiter is Moods' only runner. Uh, and it's currently a $67 pop, which would explain why he hasn't tipped that one. Mitho? Yeah, well, Moods, um, yeah, I think that's a bit of a throw at the stump, Smiter. So we don't need to worry about that. But Hosier might just hose up uh, because... Um, it's just too fast for them. And on Saturday, we're going to see the great honour and privilege of the fastest of them all. The Everest winner is going to fly down the straight. And what's J-Mac going to do? He's going to let it run fast. Let fast horses run, run fast. fast. Let broke it.